All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Chronicles from the Cushion, where we interview IMCA drivers in the state of Kansas. Um, we are live from the Scorers Tower up here at RPM Speedway on Drivers Appreciation Night. Um, I want to kind of start this week's episode a little bit different and um, just kind of talk about a deal that went on. Um, as many of you might know, I'm pretty good friends with Ted Trumbull. I went to college with him and we've remained really good buddies. And I know Tanner gets along with Ted really well as well. And uh, Ted and or Ted's fiance, Kendra, lost her father, uh, I think just a week ago. I think it was May 16th is what Ted's got on the car. But anyway, last night was kind of an emotional, emotional night over at the Thomas County Speedway as Ted climbed back in his car for the first time since the passing of his father-in-law. And he was able to get the job done and get a win pulled off. And he was pretty jacked up about it and understandably emotional about it. So that was kind of cool to see. And then uh, I also want to kind of wish or send some well wishes to Brennan Neck. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but uh, Brennan was one of the first drivers to ever talk to me about putting wheelinganddeal.com on the side of a race car. And uh, I believe it was Brennan went, went to his wedding, got married, and then all of a sudden got sick. And I don't, I haven't really kept track of what exactly is going on, but I know he's at Hayes Med and being treated, and it sounds like he's getting better. But uh, Brennan, if you're listening at all, I hope you're doing well, and we all hope you're doing well. And then same with Ted, Ted, Kendra, and Wendy. Uh, hope you all are doing the best you can with everything. And no, it's a tough time, but it's cool to see the racing family rally around everybody. So, um, now for the podcast, uh, we're going to jump into the bump and run segment where we interview a driver and, uh, I guess Tanner, if you want to introduce him, you can. This week's guest on the podcast, the rookie stock car driver, the 2BA, J.C. Archer. J.C., how you doing? Oh, pretty good. Just trying to figure out this stock car, I guess. <laughs> yeah, pretty sure. Um, I guess before we jump into the season so far, um, I guess, J.C., if you just want to kind of explain how you got into racing and, I guess, talk about your career and then wherever you want to kind of take it. Yeah, uh, I started racing here about three or four years ago. I was raised around it. My grandpa's always owned race cars, Gerald Washburn, and we've always went and watched my Uncle Randy, Randy Washburn. So I was just raised around it and always loved it, but uh, never really went after doing it. And uh, my little brother died here about five years ago, and after we always had this dream to race cruisers and be too badass racing <laughs> and that's where the number came from and uh as soon as he passed away i just kind of buckled down and 
had some sponsors help me out and we started in a sport compact and ended very shortly in a sport compact <laughs> and went out and bought a sport mod and raced them for three years I believe and somehow picked up the state championship last year and here in Kansas and then got to go to Boone and now we're trying the whole stock car route and <laughs> it's been a journey that's for sure. Yeah I guess uh, we can kind of talk about your stock car rookie season obviously not going the way you want it to go but heavy side yeah um, oh. but you're sticking with it and oh yeah we're gonna we got a we got a fast car we just need to break the rookie blues i think is what it is <laughs> but yeah no first week out here and i think it was here in hayes we had a distributor just go out and kind of made some funny things happen and didn't finish the feature here then I went to Dodge the next week. The cam went flat. Motor was out, down, out for a month. Got that back. Went to Salina. I think it was possibly the first lap of the hot laps. My front right shock mount completely broke off the car, and it wasn't like something we could weld back on at the racetrack and try to figure out. But I said screw it and went out in the feature and tried to still run it. And I mean, we worked our way up to the top ten. I think started like dead last, and it was fun. We had a fast car and everything, but. So we sent that to old Perry over there at Chubby Chassis, and he went through it and changed some stuff and went to Dodge last weekend, had a really fast car in the heat race and was going out to, for the feature and car wouldn't start. And it, the starter took out my flex plate, ripped it out of the mo off the motor. So got that fixed. So we haven't finished a feature yet this year. <laughs> Yikes. But at least you're sticking with it I mean you know it'd be easy to just lay down and say okay we're not gonna try this anymore uh, I guess how do you keep your head in the game you know it's obviously not been fun but how do you keep going I don't know I've just my mom really never raised a quitter and I, uh, I don't plan on starting now mm -hmm. just something you got to deal with it's part of racing and Hopefully it stops eventually, but I mean I hope tonight we can figure it out and Eventually you're gonna run out of stuff to break. So I mean yeah, <laughs> I mean we're pretty much all new on things that we put new used on the car. That's for sure. So we're we're hopefully gonna get it figured out. Well, you you've gone from sport mods with. Limited fenders, you got kind of kind of fenders on the back end to a fully fendered car. What's been the biggest, has there been a biggest learning process? I know you, you haven't got a full feature under your belt, but what's been the biggest learning curve for you? I mean, some of these drivers aren't scared to use those fenders that we have now. <laughs> uh, they, uh, they're, it's a lot different. I mean, you just don't send it in there is the biggest thing. I mean, you got to just ease it around in these stock cars. If you send it in there, you just look stupid doing it, but... <laughs> It's that's about the biggest thing is I'm just trying not to I still don't like rubbing too much. I mean I just if it happens it happens but I got the options now with the having the fenders now, but yeah, I don't know. That's I really like having fenders to help me protect some stuff now. I mean, I know you don't like doing it, but if you just want to ship somebody every now and again, it would make it easier or a little more exciting up here for me. <laughs> Yeah, we can, uh, I mean, Rubin's racing. There you so, go, I mean, see? Yeah. It'll it works. Run. It might not hurt every once in a while. Yeah, for sure. 
um, I guess. Obviously, not having the easiest start to year probably derailed, or might have derailed some of your plans, but what does your 23 season kind of feel like or look like? And I guess, are you, were you planning on going to any bigger or big shows or were yeah. you going to kind of keep it in the state for your rookie season? Well, uh, the plan was to take off and do a lot of bigger shows and kind of make more money. That's kind of why the reason to move up to the stock car, make a little more money, do racing and go in more places and stuff. But we want to get the car figured out here and haven't quite done that yet. So mm -hmm. we're going to stay local for now. But end of the year, we kind of have Vegas in our sights a little bit, but we got to get this thing figured out. And Boone's not an option this year. That was a lot of racing. But, uh, you don't want to go test the waters as a rookie at Super Nationals? There's a lot of stock cars there. I mean, there's a lot of sport mods, but there's a lot of stock cars, and it's a lot of days of racing. And I don't know. You got to definitely have a big crew to get that done and not be wore out by the second day. Yeah, now that you've moved up a class, you always got to compete when you go to those big shows with the, the gazillionth time national champion of Mike Nichols, so you got got a little more competition. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing I do like about the stock cars. I mean, pretty much every driver out there respects each other, and they're pretty competitive class in every aspect of it, so that's kind of why another reason why we went that route instead of A-Mods, and hopefully it'll work out for us. Yeah, for sure. Um... I don't know if I can really think of anything else off the top of my head. Um, I guess kind of a fun one I always like to ask. Um, if you could drive one car at one racetrack, whatever, whichever one you want. And what Unlimited you, budget. Yeah, Unlimited what would you choose and why? I would like to race this... Uh, Late model out of Eldora, probably. I mean, it's just one of them dream tracks that I've always watched and wanted to go do. And late model, I mean, when I maybe get to come up with some money one day. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, if it was unlimited budget and everything, definitely a late model out of Eldora. Yep, for sure. I think that's been the favorite answer so far, at least as late model. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody likes late models. I used to, you know, like the sprint cars and then, was always a big Kyle Larson fan, and yeah, Tanner's definitely a sprint car guy. But uh, when Kyle Larson made the transition to late model, I got into late models, and it's just, I mean, we could go hours and hours talking about Larson and his ability to jump in every... Anything. Yeah, anything. I'm sure he could, he could drive an ice cream truck <laughs> yeah, and win. Yeah. Yeah, so that's cool for sure. Um, I guess talking about uh, you being or your grandpa being a big race fan and owning cars and everything. Uh, I guess do you have a favorite memory or something that stands out or kind of a cool track that you guys visited or yeah, when anything? He, was, he did that uh, 360 ASCS tour there for like three years, I believe, and I went on one big trip to him to Jackson, Minnesota. Not sure what the track's called or anything, but that was a fun track, and it was cool. It was out there, never been that far <laughs> away, and 
I remember that as a kid, and that'll definitely always stick with me. So just to look back at the now in the stock class versus the sport bonds a little bit, you see most nights stock cars, at least the up at the front, it's very competitive, three wide, sometimes four wide, for multiple laps even. And From what I've seen, at least around this area, if sport mods go four wide, it usually lasts about a lap, and it's not a very good outcome. So is there, does it take a little getting used to going four wide now, three to four wide with people, one you haven't raced with, but just kind of getting your nerves under you and not being so scared to do it? I believe that everything's a little bit slower in a stock car, so it's, I, I don't want to say it's easier to maybe do the four wide thing in a stock car, but I feel like in my experiences so far now that it's a little bit slower, a little more easier to control, and you're a lot more under control. I mean, when you're fast in a sport mod, you are you got to be on the edge, and that's the only way to be fast in a sport mod, and I don't think you have to really do that in a stock car. You just can hold a line and stay where you want to stay and <laughs> I think it's I mean I just like I said everybody's just I think everybody respects a little bit more I mean sport mods there's a couple guys out there that just don't got their shit together yet and <laughs> it shows and but I don't think there's very many stock car guys out there like that and I think that kind of shows why you can go four wide yeah for sure um I don't know if I've got any more questions, Tanner. Well, we just we just watched the water truck come out, and that's kind of thought gave me this little thought bubble here. What what best suits your driving style? Is it a wet and tacky track, dry slick, or some some happy medium in between there? What what's the two BA most happy on? Now in the sport mod, I mean I haven't I can't say in a stock car. I haven't, I've, <laughs> the one time that I did good in a heat race, it was a hammer down. I mean everybody was kind of fast, but there was passing and everything going on. But my all time feel like I was the fastest was in Colby, and it had a high side, and I started I think 18th, and I was fifth in five laps. And it, it, as soon as the top went away, so did I. But <laughs> I, I think. A slick track with a little cushion up high, I feel really comfortable with, and I think now in a stock car, if it were to happen now, I feel like I could probably be even a little more comfortable with, it's just a little slower, everything slows down a little bit more, and I, I think a slick cushion is my all-time favorite. Now you've, again, you talked about 0 for, what is it, 0 for 5 so far with stuff going wrong coming into the races, 0 for 4. Does that change? Has that changed any of your goals for the season, or do you still have those, whatever it was, like winter race, top three, top four, top five, somewhere in there? Has that changed it, and what are your goals? I mean, like, yeah, pretty much. Uh, it was I wanted to win a heat race or something like that, and I never really set many goals this year. It was just we went hard last year on that getting that state championship, and we wanted to take it easier this year and like maybe hit the bigger shows. But at this point, and we're needing to figure it out and. I don't know. Uh, I, now I just want to get the car figured out. Is really the only goal right now. And when once we get that, maybe I'll set some higher goals for me. But right now I just want to not tear anybody else up, and I haven't had the chance to tear myself up. But yeah, that's just have fun. That's about the only goal this year. Now, is there setup wise? Is there more things you can tweak and tune on the stock car compared to the sport mod or are they pretty much even on that aspect 
I've, I've never really been a big change a bunch of stuff guy. I feel like I want to get used to the car. So, I mean, if it's way out there, we'll tighten it up or loosen it and do what we need to. But I feel like it's less work. I mean, you put some new tires on and not not new tires. Not, not new tires, not the, not the $220 no, no, G60s. No, uh, better tires on for the feature. And if I get out there for the feature, I guess that is. But. Uh-huh. Tonight's your night. I I believe I, I in you. I feel like we yeah. can do something tonight, maybe. Hopefully. But, yeah, no, uh, hopefully uh, <laughs> we can uh, figure it out, and I guess we'll see. <laughs> Very sure. Um, thought I had a question in my mind, but it slipped my mind, so. I think my, I think, my think tank's dried out. Yeah, I think mine, too. Um, yes, JC, if there's people you want to thank or rattle off some sponsors or you can definitely go ahead and do that. Yeah, I got to definitely, uh, thank my buddy over Buster Cluck podcast with army guys that get together and talk about some old memories and stuff, Brant Hagens. Then I got to thank, uh, the Roth family at Roth Ranch, Skillet and Sons over in La Crosse, Kennedy Cattle in Hoxie, Kansas. Myers Engine for building the hell of a motor, and Max Auto Body in Lacrosse, and then this Perry helping me out, getting me back on the track, and over at Chubby Chassis, Winter Construction and Dick's Pumping Service out of Ness. The Winter families have helped me out, good family friend, and uh, Walker Tank Service from Utica, and I got to thank my mom for sure, and my girlfriend and son Eli, and. Yeah, that's about it. And my grandpa, for sure. And my Uncle Randy, for sure. Definitely definitely can't forget grandpa. Yeah. Oh, and I better not forget Cam at Bulletproof. He helped me out getting uh, some stickers for the car this year. Just don't get any setup advice from Cam because he hasn't had the best luck either. Yeah, I heard he's going to be back in town tonight. So hopefully we'll see what he can do. Hopefully the both of you can have a little bit better showing of luck. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Uh, I guess, JC, if. If you feel like we've accomplished enough talking out here, um, we can probably let you go. Um, well, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Me too, man. It's really cool that you jumped on the podcast with us. And uh, Absolutely, anytime. Yep. And uh, there's Sharpies there. If you want to sign both flags, there's one hanging back there as well. Uh did yes. you sneakily put that one up? Just a bit ago. Oh. I don't know if everyone's going to be able to see it from the grandstands, but maybe, <laughs> maybe, just maybe they'll walk by, look at the press box, see the flag, and maybe we'll get some entries. Uh, guess we'll kind of start transitioning it into a recap uh, segment. Uh, both of us were at Thomas County Speedway over in Colby last night. Uh, I guess, Tanner, if you want to kind of start, I, I feel like for these recap, or the recap part, we can kind of own Nate, or, or own Nate between the classes, so if you want to kind of start with stock cars, or however you want to start. I'll, I'll start with the class, too tough to say, thank you, JC, good luck here tonight. Yeah, thank you, JC. Uh, like Sheldon said, Colby got their season opener finally Underway last night, the class too tough to tame. Well, the hot shoe here in Hayes, the 250 Taylor Burkhart got it done. 
Wasn't without some challenges, though. Jason Rogers, the big mover up five spots. Kyle Pfeiffer both knocking on the door pretty much the whole race from there. Jeff Tubbs, Troy Burkhart. I kind of called this out. Well, I missed the Burkharts because I kind of forgot they were going to be there. And But my in my race recap or my outlook, I said it was probably going to be Jeff Tubbs, Jason Rogers because those two have the most laps out of anybody at the stock cars over at the Thomas County Speedway. And, well, I was a couple spots off. I was one spot and two spots off from Rogers and Tubbs being up there. But, again, the stock car class. Excuse me, over at Colby put on it. That was a fantastic show. Yeah, for sure. And then the Hobbies was a pretty good race as well. Uh, Brady Binkin came out on top of that one. Uh, Zach Olmstead put on quite a haul. He uh, gained six spots to finish second. And if I remember right, I think he challenged Brady late in that race. Uh, Tanner might He, he had some. There was a run. I think it was two or three to go. He had a good run. Brady blocked it going into one. And then he tried. He went into three with the crossover, tried the bottom side, and just lost all of his momentum. Or no. Going into one, he went to the bottom, lost all his momentum, slid up. And then going into three and four, he had another good run, but just kind of got up into the marbles and slid away. But those two, they put on a great show, too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, We'll get to it. Or we might get to it a little later, but Brady Bink and Zach Olmstead. Uh, I guess never mind on that. <laughs> I don't know where I was going there. But anyway, Cody Gum finished third in that um, in the hobby feature. And then Mike Kennedy finished fourth. And then uh, Jamie Hart rounded out your top five for the hobbies. Um Yes, Tanner, if you want to jump to his sport mods, you can. Over there in the sport mods, Adam Weber got a little redemption from a couple weeks ago. He was your big mover up, well, second big mover. He was up five. Adam Weber, a couple weeks ago, led, I would say, 15 of the 20-lap feature, 10 of the 15-lap feature, whatever it was. He led all but five here at the RPM Speedway a couple weeks ago. Late race restart, tires got away from me, ended up finishing in your third spot to uh, Blaine Walt and race winner Tyler Watts. But he got it back last night, dominating fashion up front. Uh, Nick Hankins, Josh Barnhart, Jason Gray, Derek Murphy. Uh, Murphy, the also the big mover there. He went up six. Again, Weber went up five. But your sport mod's pretty much dominated by Adam Weber. He found the, found the low groove. And that's where a lot of drivers were liking to run there because the track started to kind of rubber up there, but there was just a nice little strip of moisture down around the bottom, and Weber found that, and he was gone. Yeah, pretty sure. Um, also, I guess on the sport mod, we might just touch on the fact that uh, to start that feature, I believe it was start of the feature. Yeah, lap, lap one yeah. going into turn number three, Blaine Walt and um, Jack Kirchhoff made some contact. And I don't, there's videos out there, I didn't really get a good see. It just kind of looked like they were trying to find their own individual line going into turn number three, and they just happened to meet in the middle. Just just a racing deal. It happens every now and again. But Blaine's car got hooked, went up towards the hooked towards the outside wall. His left rear dug in and up and over he went. Car looked car did not look the best. I know I know Blaine's upset, but I talked to him today. Just let him know that I'm I'm glad he walked away from that mm-hmm. one and said it was a pretty wicked hit. But cars junked, but at least Blaine able to walk away. Yeah, that's the most important thing is like everybody says, cars can be replaced, but 
your life definitely can't be replaced. Definitely. So, uh, really glad to see uh, Lane all right. And then, modified-wise, uh, Kyle Rowletter kind of went on a big charge and uh, seemed to be able to control the modified feature to pick up the win. Um, I know Greg Gustus and Dylan Sherpik uh, made a run for it, but uh, road letter kind of class of field last night in the modified. Uh, kind of looked like Clay Money had a shot to challenge for a little bit, and then I think Tanner, you told me one and two, Clay he, kind of he got into He just got marbles. up into the marbles yep. and lost his, I think he used up his stuff trying to run down road letter. Same with Sherfick. He just got up into the marbles and lost a couple spots. I think he lost three spots. He gained one back, and then it was just kind of, that's just where he filled in for the rest of the night. Yep. And then, so, Roland Leonard won, Gustus second, Sherpik third. He gained four spots. Clay Money was fourth. And then John Burrow rounded out top five for the uh, modified class. Sheldon touched on this a little bit earlier with the four cylinders of Furrier Compacts. Ted Trumbo. With probably, I don't know if you could hear it. I don't know where you, did you watch from the pits or in the grandstands for the features? I was in the pits standing on Brock Liebhardt's four-wheeler. I I don't know if you could hear the fans, but I definitely could hear them in the infield. When I announced that your winner is the T21 of Ted Trumbo, I thought the roof was going to pop off the place. Definitely a uh, a fan favorite win in light of the, uh, the tragedy that they faced a week ago. But... Getting that done. He was your big mover. Uh, Jarrett Marker, he led a good majority of the race. Ted and him kind of went back and forth. And I think, when, I want to say three to go is when Ted really made the move and got up front and walked away. Uh, Chase Clough and Brock Liebhart, your only five compacts at the Thomas County Speedway last night. Yep. And uh, kind of funny deal with a, a compact feature. Uh, so... I was standing on Brock Leibart's four-wheeler with his dad, and his dad kept motioning for Brock, Brock to try to outside, and he wasn't <laughs> moving up. And I kid you not, I heard Brock's dad say, if you don't move up, Ted's going to move up to the outside, and he's going to blast by you all. <laughs> and sure enough, Brock didn't get the hint, or I guess maybe didn't want to try the outside, and Ted just shot to the top and got the win, or got to the front and pulled off the win. Um, Tanner, you were down in Dodge last week, so I guess if you kind of want to go through Dodge, you can. Yeah, we'll shift gears and go to the DCRP over in Dodge City. Starting off with a Class 2 Tough to Tame. Once again, it's Tate and Burkhardt getting it done. I believe Tate led every single lap of that feature. Had a couple restarts to go through. Angel Munoz could get up to him about from the restart five laps in, and then he just kind of fade. He did that a couple times. Uh, Mike Petersilli up six. Uh, Troy Burkhardt up eight. That was his first time out this season in the brand-new race car. And he was just slow and methodical about it. Didn't want to push anything. Didn't want to get into situations that he didn't feel comfortable in. But eventually working his way up six spots, Colby Stegman rounding out the top five right there. Good run by Colby Stegman, just able to. He started, I want to say he started outside front row. He was able to keep it up there for a while. And then one of the restarts, he just kind of fell back to fifth. And that's just where he ran on out. Yeah. Yes, uh, jumping to Sport Mod. Um, 
Jack Kirchhoff pulling off the win. Um, I I watched Dodge, but quite frankly, I can't remember <laughs> last week. That's a little too far out there for me to remember. So I guess I'll just kind of run through the run in order, and then uh, if Tanner remembers anything, I'll let him kind of chime in. But Jack Kirchhoff grabbed the win. Uh, Brendan Nordyke gained three spots to to finish second in that feature, and then Ryan Kirchhoff third, Jimmy Brozek fourth, and Monty Nordyke rounded out the top five for the sport mods. I, I really thought Monty was going to go back-to-back as he won two weeks ago, or two races ago at the Dodge City Raceway Park. He passed Jack Kirchhoff, because I believe Jack led flag to flag. Monty passed Jack coming out of turn number two, but we they had a caution, I believe, on the front straightaway or in turn number one. Had a caution, and with dirt racing, they go back to the last completed lap, and that was the that was the big break there that Jack needed because I don't know if Monty's car just fell away, but uh, his son Brendan he he's had some motor issues this year. I believe that was fourth attempt on the motor, fourth different motor they've put in. I'm I'm not quite sure, but they've had some motor issues. Uh, he he charged up there into the second spot and. It was restart after restart after restart there with, I think, five laps to go, five to ten laps to go, and it was Kirchhoff just, he he knew how to manipulate the line just a little bit to get, to keep Brendan down on the bottom, because the bottom was kind of boggy there at Dodge, and just able to hold on to that one, so great job driving there by Jack Kirchhoff. Move on over to the Hobby Stocks. Cody William picks up a, another win there in the seventy-seven. Greg and Sellard, your big mover, up five. Ryan Grubbs, Jonathan Sliba, up six. And Manny Salzar, the top five. And honestly, I don't remember anything about the hobby stocks. I think Cody led flag to flag, and that's all I really remember about a couple weeks ago over in Dodge. But once yeah. again, Cody's showing his dominance in the hobby stocks. Yeah, earlier um, when I kind of mentioned Zach and or touched on Zach, Olmstead, uh, I guess I mentioned that Zach ran close with uh, Brady Binkin last night. Uh, obviously, we're here at the RPM Speedway, and Zach's one left and right here. Undefeated. He is yep. three for three this yep. season. Yep, undefeated here at RPM. But uh, Cody and Zach have been putting on a show all year long, so it will be exciting to Watch for that again tonight. Uh, getting back to Dodge, modified-wise, uh, Jake Nightingale picked up a feature win, and uh, Clay Sellard finished second um, after gaining seven spots. Twice. Yeah. Tw- twice. Yeah, I remember that. I was watching for that. Uh, if I remember right, Clay had spun early on in the feature. He went. He was running the high side all night long. He got around Nightingale. Jake got back in front, and then Jake moved up to the high side to block. And Clay went to the bottom, and I don't know if he just wasn't ready for how quick he had to turn it or how much wheel he had in it already at the bottom, but he just spun going for the race lead. Went to the back. Brand new motor. First night on the yep. motor because last time we were here, he uh, he fogged the place out, blew up the 100, I want to say 130 nights, 38 mm-hmm. wins, and he doesn't know how many top threes, but... Yeah. Old reliable went. Now the new one is, it's fast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess touching on Sellard real quick. 
it was kind of cool. Um, I, I mean, it was cool for, I think, Tanner and I and the rest of the guys up here in the scorer's tower to kind of have clay up here during the modified feature. But obviously, that's I th- not I thought he was going to have clay. a panic attack. Yeah, yeah me, me too. Clay said he's extremely nervous up here and that he would have been calm as a butterfly or whatever you want to say behind the wheel of his modified. But it was kind of cool to have Seller chime in here. Uh, during the modified feature, but obviously we don't want drivers up here. We prefer to see them race on the racetrack. Um, back to Dodge. Cody Gearhart finished third in that feature. Casey Gamel third or fourth, and Danny Keller rounded out your top five. We'll go over to the United Rebel 305 Sprint cars as they were in action in Dodge as well. Pulse sitter Ty Williams led every single lap. Uh, Jake Martins, Taylor Velasquez, your big mover up three. Zach Blurton and Jordan Knight, the top five there. Not really a whole lot there in the sprint class, I believe, early on. Uh, Charlie Chaffin, the 8X, she's a rookie this season. She's the one that came out to Goodland a couple weeks ago from, I think, Newton. Just the hot lap. Came out there, get some time on the race car. She spun over in turn number one, and the 49 of... I can't think of him. He's from Holcomb. Luke Cranston. 49 Luke Cranston. The right rear just barely tapped the front. He just did a little a little layover there to put the only red flag for your second red flag is uh, Tyler Knight flipped in the sprint cars earlier on in the evening. But everybody everybody walked away from that one, but that was pretty much it. And like I said, Ty Williams. Your top five right there, yeah, pretty much everybody in your top five, Ty Williams, Jake Martins, Taylor Velasquez, Zach Blurton, Jordan Knight, they can win on any given night. Uh, Ty just, one, he had the good starting position of the pole, and he just found the setup, and he was gone. He he cooked off every time they had a restart, and he was just, everybody was pretty much battling for second. Yep, pretty sure. I guess uh, real quick, we'll burn through. Uh, Salina. <laughs> neither of us were there. Yeah, neither of us were there. So I'll just kind of burn through the uh, top five of each class, or I guess we can alternate or whatever. But uh, obviously, we won't be able to tell you what occurred because <laughs> we weren't there. Uh, but compacts looked like Kyla Higdon picked up the win. Uh, Branston Ardner Jr., second. Alec Jeske, third. Austin Bird, fourth. And Jacob Ronnebaum fifth and i will kind of touch on if you're used to hearing kyle mortensen and salina and being in the top five that's usually what you get but i was down in the pit area last night in colby and it sounded like mortensen blew a hole in his transmission so that is why you did not hear kyle in the top five and uh I do not know the status of that race car, so I don't know if he's going to uh, he be made, here. He made a little lap through the uh, the pits a little bit ago when you were talking about, I want to say, the modified. So he's here. It's running. We're going to see see what it can do tonight. All right. Great. That's good. Um, yes, hobby-wise, uh, Cody Williams picked up a number one. It seems like on a nightly basis, Cody's name comes up as a winner. He's just got that car really dialed in right now. And uh, having a lot of success so far this year. And then uh, I am not 
sure how to pronounce this name, so I'm going to say Tony Slothauer. That's how I say it, so. Finished. I haven't been corrected yet, but I'm probably butchering it as well, so. Yeah. He finished second, uh, Nick Ronenbaum third, Jonathan Saliba fourth, and then Brent Bowmount rounded out your top five. Take a look at the sport mods. No surprise, Tyler Watts getting it done there over in Salina. I would probably say his favorite track, or at least it's his best track. It seems like weekly he's standing in at victory lane. Uh, Connor Barnes, Tyler Fry <laughs> up 13 spots. So big mover there by the yeah. Fry man. Zach Nietzsche and Alex Loveless, your top five there. We'll go look at the stock cars. The Fry man, Tyler Fry up 10. Danny Holt up 10. Your two biggest movers. Uh, Austin Carter, six spots gain. I can see this. Saw the 63C over there in the pits here tonight. So nice for Austin to join us on Memorial Weekend. Uh, Joey Richmond, Trace Ayers. Trace was up nine spots. So from what I'm getting in the sport mods and the stock cars, uh, Tyler Fry had a very fast race car in both last night. Yeah. Up 13 and up 10. Yeah, for sure. That's why I threw that in there, you know. I was doing prep work about an hour or so ago. And, well, probably longer than that. But anyway, before I got to the racetrack and... I'm scrolling through my race pass, and it's like, holy crap, Tyler Fry had a fast <laughs> car, or had two fast cars. Um, Modified-wise, Clay Sullard, we talked about him quite a bit already, but uh, Clay got the job done last night in Salina, gained six spots en route to his win. Uh, Jake Nightingale finished second, Danny Morris in third, Brad Morris fourth, and then Hunter Vogan rounded out the top five. Uh, the cruiser class ran. Uh, Chris Lowry picked up the win. Matt Ramsey was second. Elliot May third, and Trayden Kendall fourth. And I don't. I'm never good at keeping track of the co-drivers. So I, um, I wish my race pass would allow them to put in. Mm-hmm. Maybe they could just have a really, really long first name. I wish my race pass would allow it to do it that way because I think it would be a better experience for the fans yeah. to know. One, it just. You understand that there's two drivers in there, but when you hear me announce it, it's just one person. And like, oh, maybe it's not another person in there. Maybe yeah. they just drive on the right. Yeah, no, for sure. Because I remember writing an article last year, or I think it was Ball Nationals article, and I put it in the Hayes Daily News, and everybody kept commenting on the post and was like, well, who was the second driver in the Cruisers? And I'm like, uh, I can't tell you. Nobody knows because my race pass doesn't give out that information, apparently. Yeah. Um, so I was here at the RPM Speedway in Hayes, Kansas for, uh, night number... I think this is four. Four. Um, last time we were here for night number three, Sport Compact winner was Connor Schween. I believe that was his second win. I believe you are right. On the season here at RPM. And then we touched on Zach Olmstead in the hobby stock class undefeated here. It's pretty easy to figure out how many wins he has this season here at RPM. It's just figure out the number of races we've run so far. Yeah. He'll look to get back to victory lane. I'm pretty sure he knows exactly where victory lane is. I, I think if yeah. he wins tonight, we're just going to rename it the uh, the Nutrient Ag Solutions Zach Olmstead victory lane. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Cruisers, Chris Lowry is leading. Uh, or, no, sorry. Chris Lowry... Lowry picked up the win last time out. And then Sportmon in stock cars, Tyler Watts was able to win 
uh, both features, and I think his races were actually back to back. His features, so yes, they were actually yeah. so back to back. He went he went from having to work his tail off in the sport mile, I believe, because he had to move through the field, and then uh, stock car. I think he started on the pole and let every lap. A little easier there, but had some challengers, if I remember right. But that's been two weeks ago, so who knows? Yeah, and then uh, Kyle Rowletter picked up the modified win, so. Uh, I think that would mean two in a row on the season if you throw in every track. Yep, for him. last night and a week ago for the zero. Yep, um, so he'll look to continue a strong charge. I guess, uh, Tanner, you can kind of run through the points. Point leaders here at the RPM Speedway coming in to tonight. Uh, Matt Ramsey, they lead the cruiser division. Uh, Sport Compacts, that's Kyle Benoit. Had him on the podcast a couple episodes ago. You can go check that one out. He leads it around. Uh, no surprise, Hobby Stock, it's Zach Olmstead. I would, be, I would be very surprised if somebody else was top of the Hobby Stock points. Uh, Sport Mods might change coming in or after tonight as Blaine Walt. We mentioned that he had that tumble last night at Thomas County Speedway. He's your point leader there. Mike Petersilly leads the way in the stock cars and Dynamite Dylan Scherfick, your modified point leader, up to this point. So we will see how all that shakes out here in about a couple hours. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess that kind of recaps the last couple weeks since we get last talked to you all in uh, the state of Kansas and IMCA racing. Um, I guess we'll kind of thank some guys we need to. Uh, I always like to thank Carl Red Larson. He's track photographer here at Hayes, and he does several of our tracks. And last night he was in lacrosse for they uh, they ran micros and midgets, I believe. Um, and then uh, I want to shout out Hayes Daily News. If you guys know, I'm the guy that writes all of the recaps, and uh, so it's my writing that the Hayes Daily News throws in the newspaper, and uh, she tries to get in into the cover story, which we really appreciate here at the racetrack. It's really cool to be able to pick up a newspaper and see a race car on the front page. Um, I I definitely get a lot of pride, pride in seeing that. And then uh, uh, our really nice logo that's on the flag, which was hanging yonder but duct tape never works up here but anyway uh our really nice logo was made by cam gruber driver of the sport mod uh the what 27g right 27g sport mod um if you need a logo made or uh, for your business or anything i think he's got canopies tents all sorts of stuff he can knock out and of course make Really cool wraps on race cars. Uh, definitely check with Cam Gruber if you need anything done. Um, I think that's it for who I want to thank sponsor-wise. I guess I can kind of think uh, we've been drinking Victory Fuel. I'm a big Logan CV fan, and Victory Fuel was on the side of his Chili Bowl winning uh, midget this year. And... I like Victory Fuel a lot, so I brought it to the podcast and, and let Tanner and JC have a can, and they both have been drinking it, so I would assume they kind of like it. Since it, it is very delicious. I'm just hoping you can wake me up here shortly because I am, 
apparently in the need of a nap. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess, Tanner, if you got people you want to thank, you can go ahead. I always need to say thank you to Randy and Corey LaJoy over at the Joy of Seating and Safer Racer. Partnered with them to give out some 10% off coupons this season. Also need to say thank you to Flex Racing as they brought my or sponsored the making of my announcing shirts that I wear at Dodge and Hayes. So thank you to them. You can look them up for all kinds of custom race apparel and crew shirts. Also, big supporter of both of us, Madison Reed over at Madison Reed Racing, RF Cattle Company. Uh, need to say thank you to him as well. And I believe that's all I got. All right. Um, I was say we when we had <coughs> excuse me when we had J.C. Archer up here um, at the end we had him sign both flags. Remember, if you're at the RPM Speedway, whether it's tonight or moving forward, um, stop by the merch table, and I really encourage you guys to uh, sign up for the flag giveaway. Um, it's free to do. Just sign your name. Um, and I guess a phone number at the least. Some way we can get a hold of you. And during Fall Nationals, we're going to try and draw a winner. And um, I haven't really brought this up to Tanner yet. And I don't know the logistics of it, if we could really pull it off. But I think it'd be kind of cool if that Saturday night or Saturday before everything gets going at Fall Nationals, if maybe we can get a hold of Carl Red Larson, the photographer, and see if we can get a class picture, <laughs> you know, with everybody that's been on the podcast. That might be too hard to pull off, but yeah, I bet we can uh, I'm definitely going to be a pain in everybody's butt about trying to get a <laughs> class photo. I, I just think it'd be really cool uh, to do that. But, uh, yeah, if you're at RPM, uh, we encourage you to try and, entered the giveaway for the flag it's really cool uh we've got multiple signatures i gotta track down cody williams eventually and make cody sign it since he forgot after uh our last episode uh but other than that i just encourage you to subscribe to chronicles from the cushion go ahead tell your friends your family about it um we really have had a blast i've had a blast at least uh, talking with drivers and, you know, kind of recapping uh, the racing out here in Kansas. And it just gives us kind of something to do pre-race. Uh, but other than that, um, I don't really have much. I don't think Tanner's got much. Tanner's probably tired of talking, especially considering he's got to call races for the next few hours so i'm gonna let his voice rest for a little bit uh tanner thanks again for uh joining me on the podcast and jc archer if you're listening or anything uh i know i kind of hollered thank you and i don't know if i hollered good luck but good luck to jc archer i really really hope that jc has a solid night tonight and Everything works. I, I think have tonight's a good the night feeling. His, his yeah. luck's going to turn around. Yeah, I have a good feeling. So far, a podcast so. Uh, participant has not had bad luck, yeah. to my knowledge. Yeah, so knock on wood. We, I don't know if there's much wood there's, there's up There's something. Here, not but, much uh, wood holds anything together up here. But, but uh, yeah, I think that about wraps it up. So uh, thank you guys, and we'll see you next time. Yep, thank you guys.